Well, the, I'm a sociologist, so and I'm an empirical researcher. That's uh, I, so I do mostly uh, research with observational data that comes from uh, online sources. Hence, my my research position at the Oxford Internet Institute. The uh, so you're warned. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a journalist myself. But the starting point of my talk is this idea that the internet has made the news um, a more participatory and, and social experience. And the idea was, as you probably know, recently picked up by The Economist in one of their special reports, um, where they sustain that the internet is taking the news industry back to, these, uh, to the conversational culture of the era before mass media. And so... Well, this report explores some of the effects that, that the return to the coffee house is having in the news industry. The study that I will present today explores not so much the, the consequences of this shift uh, uh, to a more participatory form of news consumption, but the assumption that the internet is, um, is promoting more participation. So that's what, I will, um, what my study aims to analyze. And it is not my intention to uh, challenge the claim that the internet is changing the way news are produced and consumed. I think there's pretty strong evidence supporting this claim, but I will sustain that uh, what is not changing so much, so the information uh, uh, context that, in which people um, um, get their news has changed a lot, what hasn't changed that much are the mechanisms by which people get hooked in the discussions, uh, in the discussion of news or current affairs. Um, the medium has changed, but the social dynamics of how that, that uh, is used haven't changed um, as much, and that would be my, my main argument. Um, why is understanding these social dynamics important anyway? Well, because being aware of the news is one of the main channels by which uh, citizens can enforce political accountability, uh, and having an informed citizenship is crucial for the healthy functioning of, of democracy. So finding out if internet promotes or not um, a more intense engagement with the news is cr crucial to understand uh, its role in the democratic process. And so in this respect, the second message that I want to send um, with my story today is that online communities are not always successful at generating this coffee house culture. And so understanding the instances of failed communities is, in my opinion, as important as understanding the instances of success. Um, and that will be the second focus of my talk. Now, let me start this story with a little bit of theoretical background. Um, it does look funny, doesn't it? Um, um, so, well, sociologists have long um, highlighted the importance of public spaces to build communities. Uh, that strengthen civil society. Ray Oldenburg, um, for instance, has this book called The Great Good Place, in which he claims um, that public spaces are important breathing grounds of community life because they shelter more diversity and stimulate for conversation than you would find in closer circles of friends, um, relatives, or, or colleagues. And he refers again to this idea of the coffee house as a place where people have historically met to um, discuss mutual concerns and from where so many examples of organized political action have emerged in the past. Now, the reason why public spaces like coffee houses, bookstores, bars, um, or as he calls it, other hangouts, are so important for civil society is because they facilitate casual encounters, and, I know that, and, and this promotes diversity and mixing. And I know that this runs uh, against one of the myths, in my opinion, a myth uh, about online discussions that... Uh, the internet is promoting eco chambers, so people are only talking to similar others. Well, this would take the opposite view. Um, public spaces 
facilitate casual encounters and so they promote diversity and mixing of opinions because you never know who you will encounter and who you will exchange opinions with. They instill habits of association and um, they uh, increase interest in the public good and uh, summing up they offer opportunities for civic engagement. Now the question that I'm interested is, in is can online communities become also a sort of a great good place where um, all these dynamics can be reproduced and if so what are the elements that need to be in place to make those communities sustainable over time. Now, urban sociologists have consistently highlighted the importance of public places to maintain social life, um, and um, William White and, and, and Jane Jacobs are just two examples I think I particularly like. And the idea here is, if you allow me to make the comparison, the idea is that online forums um, are to the web what parks plazas or main streets and the coffees and the bars that sprinkle those streets are to cities. They create a space for sociality in the middle of constant traffic and, and so they create a space to stop browsing and uh, um, interact with other people and they encourage these, um, uh, they encourage engagement in conversation, this um, informal exchange of information uh, that allows people to exchange opinions and learn about otherwise skip news exactly what Oldenburg's Great Good Place is supposed to do. And this idea links back to the importance that social interactions and informal networks have for politics. And this is the last theoretical slide um, I will show you. Uh, there is a long research tradition in political science and political sociology that emphasizes the role that discussion networks have in shaping opinions and behavior, uh, mostly through uh, processes of social influence and social feedback. Now, the common message of this line of research is that to understand political preferences, we need to, and, and political behavior, we need to, we need to look at the group of reference with which individuals interact to obtain, test, and um, change uh, or change their ideas. And the way in which the internet is, uh, in my opinion, mediating this process is by enlarging that group of reference to incorporate a wider range of discussion partners. Now, political scientists often talked about the importance of casual or over-the-fence conversations, um, but they rarely, uh, they rarely ever analyze those informal uh, conversations because they are not easy to measure using surveys, which is the, the main source of empirical data that um, this line of research uses. And those surveys usually focus on discussions with relatives or, or, or close friends, so with, clo with, with the closest circles, uh, with personal dis uh, networks, uh, the closest circles with which people interact on a daily basis. And although they acknowledge the importance of discussion and encounters or over the first conversations, they barely ever analyze those because of a data limitation problem, essentially. And the internet is not only promoting that, that type of casual encounters, um, it is, in a way, making the list of consequential strangers that we all have a bit longer, uh, but it is also making the analysis of those casual encounters possible. And, um, well, I think that the important message to take from this research is that the key to well-functioning communities lies in the type of interactions in which users engage with those consequential strangers. Um, it is by analyzing the structure of those interactions that we can uncover the reasons why the internet is promoting this shift towards more participatory news consumption. Again, I'm an empirical researcher, so what I will present now is an example of how we can carry that type of analysis and what kind of conclusions we can draw from it. So this is uh, joint work with George Paltoglow from Warhampton University. Uh, he helped me get the data. 
And the data we use tracks the full lifespan of an online community devoted to the discussion of political news and current affairs. Uh, the World News Discussion Forum hosted by the BBC in one of its websites. The forum opened in June of 2005 and closed in September of 2009. And our data tracks all activity that took place during this period in this particular forum. This is another snapshot of a fragment of a discussion taken from the forum that I'm showing you to you so that you can get a better sense of the structure of, of our data. So um, well, essentially in this forum we have um, messages that are written by unique users, um, often as a response to previous messages. There's another characteristic in this uh, discussion forum, and that is that users often quote other users explicitly as a way of engaging directly, uh, and there's, there's two examples there, as a way of engaging directly with, with the arguments exchanged. Now, this graph here tracks the number of unique users that participated in the forum on a monthly basis over time. The gray bars track the percentage of users in those um, monthly totals that are new to the forum. So, you know, in the first month, everybody was new to the forum because uh, it just had just opened. Now, the percentage of new users decreases over time um, uh, as well. And so, what this graph shows is essentially two things. First, that there is an initial stage of growth, um, but soon after uh, the forum opened, the community started to decline in number of active members. And second, that this decline is due to both the defection of existing users and, and uh, the small entry, uh, the small number of new users entering this community. So those who were already participating decided that the discussions weren't interesting enough, or for some other reasons they decided to stop contributing. And those that were probably reading the discussions uh, didn't find it interesting enough to start being active in those discussions. Now, this forum have, had all the preconditions for success. It was hosted by a prestigious organization. It was moderated by paid staff, which guarantees the quality of the discussions, um, and still failed to attract a critical mass of users to make the community sustainable over time. In other words, what this graph is telling us is that if this community were a coffee house, well, it wouldn't be a very lively coffee house, right? Like it would be a really boring one towards the end of the period, particularly. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with network analysis, uh, probably not much, and so I've decided to include a couple of slides to give you an idea of how we can use this tool to map interactions in online communities. Um, and well, essentially what networks do is map interactions between people, or, or in this case, users. These users are represented as the nodes in the network, and the links in the network represent their interactions. And we can have essentially two types of networks, undirected networks, think of Facebook, so all connections are reciprocated, uh, or directed networks where the directionality of the relationship matters, think of Twitter. You might have a lot of, uh, you might be following a lot of people, you might not have so many followers, or if you're lucky, it's the other way around. But essentially those uh, networks are asymmetric. And then these networks can also be weighted, which uh, incorporates information about the intensity of the exchange. So think, for instance, about the number of messages that you exchange with people through email. There will be some people with whom you exchange more information than with others, and that is captured by the weight of the network. And the networks that we analyze in this particular study are the weighted type. So they are directed networks, and they are also weighted, so we take into account the intensity of the exchange uh, between users. So how 
did we reconstruct? Uh, oh, sorry. And then there's uh, there's two uh, uh, you know there's there's two types of information you might be interested in when you conduct this kind of mapping of social interactions. One is uh, the individual level position that particular users have within the overall network structure, and how similar or different users are in terms of their local position within the network. And the other thing you might be interested in is uh, what are the characteristics of the network as a whole, as, as an entire structure. And so this would be at the community level. So what are the characteristics that allow us to, to define this particular community, community? And again, in this study, we pay attention to both levels of analysis. So we're interested both in individual level, you know, in the, in the properties of individual level positions within the network, but also in, in the network as a, as a, as a, as a whole. Now, again, so how do we reconstruct the network in this particular case? Well, we actually reconstructed two types of networks, the reply network and the quotation network. Um, now, the reply network essentially maps, um, as the name implies, who replies to whom, essentially. So in this case, user A sends, uh, initiates a discussion by sending a message. Uh, user B sends a second message as a, um, as a reply to um, the message sent by user A. So you have a, an arrow from user B to user A. Then there's a third user who sends a third message, and, and that user is replying to user B. So there's a connection from C to B. And um, finally, user A decides to reply to user C, but um, he doesn't reply to user B. So there's only a connection from A to C. This would be the reply network. And again, the intuitive example is think about your email communication. I mean, sometimes you, know, you, you receive an email, you don't reply to that email, so that would be an asymmetrical connection. And, and, and so forth. And what we do is to reconstruct these reply networks on a monthly basis and also for the full time period. Um, and then we have the quotation network. Remember that one of the features that I highlighted before in the snapshot of, of, of an example of a discussion was that sometimes users engage, quote directly uh, uh, parts of the argument uh, that users, other users have used previously. And this is the quotation network. And the logic is the same as with the reply network, but in a way we are capturing here a more intense form of interaction because here, so users are explicitly reading the method. So, so this network in a way maps an explicit acknowledgement of the arguments made by other users. And um, uh, the quotation network is contained uh, in the reply network, and it's a way of capturing the core of users who are engaging in more intense interactions. These are some of the differences between these two networks. Uh, here we are using uh, data aggregated for the entire time period. So we take all interactions for the 52 months that we are tracking. And um, what the first graph tells us is that the quotation network is about two-thirds the size of the reply network. And as I mentioned before, this would be sort of the, the, the subset of users who are more engaged in, in discussing with other users to the point that they explicitly quote what those other users say. Um, reciprocity is a measure of how symmetrical, how many symmetrical connections we have uh, in the network. Again, remember that this is an asymmetrical network, so you might reply to a user, but that user might not, might not reply back to you. Reciprocity captures the extent to which uh, messages you send are reciprocated back. And the uh, reciprocity in the quotation network is about 35% smaller than reciprocity in the reply network. Um, local clustering is a, a, a measure of the tendency uh, that two discussion partners will share a third discussion partner. Uh, it's a measure of local density, and here the differences are not huge, but again, the reply network seems to be more dense at the local level than the quotation network. And the final measure is the degree correlation, which um, uh, captures the extent to which core users uh, interact with peripheral users, where core and peripheral users is measured as the centrality of these users in the network. 
And again, in this case, centrality measures how many other users are uh, sending me messages. The more users send me messages, the more central I will be, and so forth. Now, because this correlation coefficient is negative, it means that in both networks, there is a tendency of core users to interact with peripheral users uh, as a way of bringing them in in the discussions, I guess. If the coefficient had been positive, that would have implied that core users only talk to core users and peripheral users only talk to peripheral users. Um, so in a way, you know, this is showing that there's a tendency to try to integrate less committed users to the discussions. This is the same information, but as it changes over time. Remember, this information is aggregated monthly. Again, the, we already know that the size of the community um, goes down during the first few months, uh, sort of goes down over time, so it increases during the first few months of the forum, but then it, it, it starts declining. The reciprocity measure shows interesting patterns over time. Note that there is a sudden decline in the quotation network in reciprocity levels, more or less at the same time that the community starts to decline, uh, which I think is interesting, and I think it's related to the decline. The degree correlation also shows interesting patterns. Remember that this is a measure of the tendency of core users to interact with peripheral users. And while in the reply network, uh, it goes slightly down over time, so this tendency seems to be reinforced as time goes by. In the reply network, it goes up, which means that this tendency vanishes um, as, as, uh, as time goes by. So um, you know, uh, core users start interacting with peripheral users. And again, I think this is related to the decline of the community. Um, and finally, the transitivity measure doesn't really show anything interesting. It goes up because the density of the network, uh, sort of the size of the network goes down, so levels of density go up in smaller networks. Now, this graph measures what I call the loyalty of users, or put it differently, the probability that any given user, user will uh, remain active in the community after, um, as a function of time. So the x-axis is measuring the number of months. We, have a, you know, we track this community was alive for 52 months. And the y-axis measures the probability that any given user will still be active as time goes by. And there's, uh, the, the main thing that these graphs, um, these figures um, show um, is that in general users are not very loyal to this particular community. So um, less than half of these users remain active for more than one month. Less than 20% remain active for more than a year. These percentages or these probabilities go a bit up in the quotation network, which remember is sort of the subset of more engaged users, but they are similar, similarly low. And so um, what this means is that the composition of users um, in the forum changes very quickly. Uh, the vast majority of them are not very loyal to this particular community. Now, does this mean that the internet does not promote a coffee house culture? Not necessarily, because it's true that, that these uh, defecting users might still go to some other forums to, to maintain their discussions about politics. You know, the, the fact that they disappear from this particular forum doesn't tell us anything about whether they, they start discussing about politics online. But I think that the relevant question is why they did not decide to stay here. Uh, why did they change? And in any case, we don't know if they still discuss politics. All we know is that they start discussing politics and current affairs in this particular forum. Why? Why, why did they stop? This, this slide here further eliminates the volatility of users' engagement um, in this community. This network here is formed by the core users, uh, and here core means users that remain active for the 52 months that we are tracking. Only 38 users remain active for the 52 months uh, out of about 10,000, so that's really tiny. <coughs> 
Um, so these are directed weighted networks. Um, so we have uh, on the upper left corner, we have the, the network as aggregated for the full time period. And then we have a few snapshots uh, for a few months. Um, and uh, the size of the node is proportional to their centrality in the network. And as you can see, there are a lot of changes both in the centrality of nodes and in the structure of their connections. And this is the core of users who remain active for the 52 months. So if we add the peripheral users who are active only one month, the volatility is even higher. Right? So, so, and I just wanted to show you how, you know, I think the fact that the participation in this discussion is so volatile is important. You cannot talk about engagement and at the same time, uh, you know, sort of, that the internet is promoting engagement in political discussions. And at the same time, that contradicts the evidence that actually users are not very engaged in particular uh, communities where, where um, they could be discussing about politics. I think there's, this contradicts, in a way, uh, the, the claim that the internet is promoting engagement. When you actually look at particular communities, users don't seem to be very committed to those discussions in the long run. There's another piece of information in this graph, uh, that's the color of the nodes. The color of the nodes um, uh, show whether users were overall positive or negative in their messages, in, in their contributions. And how do we measure these sentiments? Well, so in addition to mapping the, the structure of the connections between users, we also looked at the actual content of the messages. Obviously, there's a lot of messages, so we, I didn't read them all. Um, so we had to find a way of automatizing a, a, an algorithm to, to extract the, the, the effect of, of, of the messages contributed to the forum. This is the algorithm we followed. There are other possible algorithms we could have used, uh, but this is the one we chose. And essentially, it's a matching procedure. So for every message, um, that was sent to the forum, we look for words that are classified as either positive or negative in a lexicon that is uh, uh, commonly used in this sort of sentiment analysis. And, and, in, and we look at the context in which these words that have a positive or negative connotation are used. So amplifiers or the emoticons, and, um, and, and we did this contextual analysis uh, uh, to differentiate uh, sentences like, I am happy, I am very happy, I am not happy. So three, in three sentences you have happy, which is a positive word. Uh, the first two instances are positive, the, and the last one we are negating, we are saying we are not happy. So you know, it, this contextual lexicon allows us to discriminate between these different expressions. And so for every message, then we had a, a score of positive words, a score of negative words. And if the score for positiveness was higher than the score for negativeness, we classified the message as positive and vice versa. And if we had the same score for positiveness and negativeness, and the message was classified as neutral. So we have a, a label for every message that was contributed to the forum of how positive or negative that message was. And this information can be aggregated monthly, and it can also be aggregated for each individual. So what we did is for each in, uh, individual user, we counted how many positive messages they had contributed to the forum, how many negative messages they had contributed to the forum, and then we decided on the basis of that whether the user was mostly positive or mostly negative. Where mostly means that if more than 50% of their messages were positive, then we classify the user as positive and vice versa. So that was the algorithm we used. And um, this graph here shows the polarity of discussions over time. So here we are aggregating the positiveness and negativeness of messages on a month, uh, uh, for every month. And in general, the messages that were sent to this to forum were in general uh, positive. 
but the relative weight of positive comments seems to increase around the same time as overall levels of activity started to decline. Now, the, the upper graph is the same graph that I showed you before. Number of messages. So, uh, what I showed you before was a number of unique users. This is the number of unique messages. It shows the same pattern: a phase of growth and a longer phase of decline. The lower part of the graph is a new piece of information, so to speak, and, um, and if you see the, the, the relative weight of positive messages seems to go up more or less at the same time when the community starts to, to decline. And because this is a moderated community, we, we take negative comments as expressing disagreement. I mean, in an unmoderated community, negative comments could mean anything, uh, insulting, whatever. In this particular community, because it was heavily moderated by paid staff that was supposed to guarantee the civility of discussions, um, this measure of negativeness is actually um, um, capturing the extent to which users disagreed in their discussions. And so this made us hypothesize that the lack of enough disagreement um, uh, also helped precipitate the decline of the community. And obviously, uh, the, the absence of disagreement is related to the decline in reciprocity levels that I showed you before. Um, and our, our um, conclusion here after looking at these patterns is that these two features, uh, lower levels of reciprocity and um, relative, uh, relatively higher levels of positive messages are related to the decline of this particular community. If we look back at the survival probabilities uh, that I showed you before, but this time splitting the num uh, users in two groups, those that are mostly negative and those that are mostly positive, then what we find is that users that are mostly negative tend to remain active in the discussions for longer. Um, so it's other people who are really angry and, and find, find a release valve in this, in this community. Or, but it's, it's, it's signaling an incentive. Uh, so you know, those users that are engaging in more sort of in conflictive discussions with other users, they remain in the forum for longer. And again, this is related to, to the kind of interactions in which they engage. Uh, negative users tend to receive more comments from other users, so their networks grow larger, they get more social feedback, and that makes them stay for longer. Um, so the content of the messages and the structure of the interactions uh, that, that these users build are not independent, they are related to each other. But I found this very interesting, and I find in, 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 in these differences additional evidence that people go to these communities to disagree, to engage in conflict. And again, this contradicts much of the common wisdom about the internet promoting equal chambers so people only go to places where they can discuss about politics with similar others. Well, that seems to be contradicted by this evidence because if you only want to talk with similar others, then why negativeness and disagreement make users stay for longer in, in, in these discussion forums? So I, I, I said at the beginning I would be short, I'm, I'm, and I'm finishing. Um, what conclusions can we draw from this uh, study? We're still conducting uh, analysis because mostly because of what I said. Um, uh, these dynamics that I've been showing you, these patterns of, uh, of uh, how the network, the features of the networks in which uh, that, that users built in this community and the content of their messages, they are related to each other. So they, we're still conducting analysis to try to disentangle what, what's more important, whether the social feedback you get from other people or the actual extent of disagreement of, of the discussions. But I think that on the basis of what I just showed you, we can conclude that reciprocity and social feedback are crucial uh, to, to, to the success of online communities. In their absence, communities fail to attract enough interest and fail to attract a critical mass of contributors, and they end up dying over time. Um, and I think we can also claim that disagreement is important. Uh, again, I showed you that a relative increase in positive messages seems to be associated to a decline in activity levels. 
And so if discussion forums act as release valves, then eliminating disagreement and conflict reduces the incentives to participate. We don't have data on how aggressive moderators grew over time. So those declines that I just showed you of reciprocity levels going down and the, uh, the amount of positive messages going up um, might be actually driven by moderators being extra aggressive in filtering out conflictive content. We don't have information about how many messages were filtered out by moderators, which could be a proxy to, to their interventionism. Um, but if that's, if that's the reason why uh, the positiveness of these discussions uh, went up, um, then that, you know, so these moderating efforts would have generated the unintended consequence, uh, sort of would have actually uh, accelerated the decline of the community as opposed to promote um, more interesting discussions, which is the purpose of, moderate, of moderators, to guarantee that discussions are, are civil and interesting enough for people to want to keep on participating. Uh, and again, these two mechanisms are related, and um, we are trying to disentangle them, but um, they refer back to this literature I mentioned at the beginning on political discussion networks and to the importance of civic talk and disagreement for opinion formation. So the Internet is giving us evidence that these are indeed important for people to feel uh, engaged in the political process. And so are we going back to the coffee house? Well, I think that um, I don't have a, a definite answer to this question. I think that the internet has definitely changed the information environment, uh, but how users profit from that change depends on the social dynamics um, um, that they generate, and, and the mechanisms that make those dynamics um, um, emerge are not that different from before. The internet hasn't changed the raw material. We, we are still people interacting with people, and that hasn't changed. And, um, and we still need to answer the question of what makes online public spaces a great good place. And um, I don't think we have an answer to that question. Uh, but I look forward to your insights and comments.